is Monday, July the 16th, year of our work, 2012, and it's time for the 17th episode of Development Hill. How are you doing today, Ed? Uh, pretty okay. Um, I didn't talk. I didn't talk to you much last week because you were attending the greatest gathering of the greatest startup ever. So I didn't want to bother you. Yeah, I wasn't there actually. Oh, I know you weren't there. You were there in spirit. Yeah, via, was... via big creepy monitor with a tentacle thing over your oh, right. shoulder. So attending, sort of in quotes, I guess you'd say. Yep. Right. So how was the greatest meeting ever of the greatest startup? How was that? Oh, it was fine. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> wow, that's. All right, well, anyway, that's all we have for time. <laughs> no, it was it was fine. You know, uh, I, I, you know, I wasn't there. I think everybody had a good time um, and uh, had cool talks. And we actually sort of did uh, a few different presentations. Some of them were sort of more uh, might have actually been sort of open ended, like or not open ended, but like not specific just to us. But we probably could have you know done those at like a regular conference or something a few of them uh but uh it was fun you know it was a good time Any, anything anything you're allowed to share mm. i'll oh, take that oh off, yeah no there's a couple of things like i did i did i talked some about like what i thought like like you needed to do to like have the right kind of resources and stuff for third-party developers to use your api like what you need to put out there and junk like that um uh, Joel did a thing on um, that talked about using Flask uh, and stuff to build uh, like APIs and stuff. I can't remember. Is that what he talked about? Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little off my game today, bro. You know. I don't think anyone will notice. No, they're not going to notice. That. All right. So why don't we get into this? So one of the things I wanted to talk about during the last podcast that we didn't get to. Uh, is the new PHP mentoring thing that Elizabeth Marie Smith had uh, set up. This is something that came out of her talk at Lone Star PHP that she did about mentoring, where she did a kind of, I guess the correct term for it is a soft skills talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where she just kind of talked about mentoring and uh, some of the whack jobs she had talked to and some of the people that she's helping now. And so as a result of that, uh, there's now a phpmentoring.org website where um, the community has taken taken upon itself to try to match up people who are willing to be mentors with people who want to, um, they need help with stuff. And so sort of informally, not through that structure, but I recently uh, went completely out of control and have taken on three people who, as apprentices for uh, teaching them testing stuff. You should not have done that. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. I've done it. So it's a way to s- spread the cult of testing um, as far as possible. Why settle with infecting just one brain when you can infect multiple ones? So, sure. Okay. Um, so I've got three people, uh, three developers that I talk to, and basically I talk to them once a week um, via Skype, and you know I talk to them, find out what's going on with them, and just you know try to do the mentor thing and the um, friendship thing and just try to kind of help them say, okay, you know, what are you having problems with this week at work? What, what can I, in my position as a mentor, uh, how can I help you? You know, what, what information are you lacking? Are there things you'd like to talk about? So for example, today with, um, with Matt Frost, um, I sat down with him cause I'm on vacation this week. So I had the time instead of ditching work, like I would normally do, I would, uh, uh, we sat down and we did a screen share and we did some test driven development. We picked a bug 
that mm-hmm. he had that was outstanding. And we wrote a test to recreate the bug. And now he has something that he can then turn around to his um, product manager and say, hey, you know this bug that we have? I have a test for it now. So we can actually verify that this bug that you've reported is a real bug. And so now I'm going to go back and I'm going to keep writing code until this test passes. And then once this test passes, then I know that I fixed the bug. Can you, so, you know, invoice his boss now? Uh, this time I promise not to, but all bets are off going forward. Yeah, fair enough. Because, because uh, yeah, to live the lifestyle I'm accustomed to, I may have to start billing for that stuff. Yeah, you got that fancy car. Got the fancy car, that's right. Uh, you know, um, I have the fancy wife who's uh, paranoid that her unemployment benefits are going to run out soon. So That never runs um, out there in Canada. Oh, it does, yeah. You get a year and that's it. Um, you can't just go on right. the dole? No, not, well... Well, the problem is, of course, when my wife talks about them, like, I make way too much money for them to consider allowing oh, you to, right, go, yeah. for you to go on welfare. They'd be kind of like, they'd be like, well, what's wrong with your husband? And she'd be like, um, um, I don't know. He doesn't love me. And then they'd be like, no, right. that's not a valid reason. So, yeah. So, you know, we'll figure it out. But, but, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, uh, the mentoring thing is just kind of a way for me to, to tell people to, for lack of a better phrase, to give them the help that I wish I had had. Right. Um, you know, in a more kind of formalized, instead of me hunting around to find somebody uh, to help me, it would have been nice to know that there were people who had put themselves out there and said, I am available to talk to people who, who have these issues. What happens when um, uh, it's somebody you don't want to mentor? Oh, and someone like keeps hitting you up informally for help all the time? Yeah, like, you know, we can always kind of think of like the person who's sort of a leech. Like, um, uh, who, you know, and sometimes I don't think it's really their fault. They just don't, sometimes it's a matter of just, they, especially if like English isn't their first language, I think sometimes people don't understand how to express themselves. So they'll come off as rude or something like that or grabby. But, um, sometimes I think that, uh, uh, I think there's some people who just like are not great at, uh, who who just kind of want you to do stuff for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I haven't run into that uh, much. Um, sounds like you have. But, oh, a little um, bit. I think it's. Um, but but I, yeah. but I but I but I but I haven't. I mean, I I mean, I do remember from the days when I used to be uh, more involved with uh, Cake PHP project, and I would right. tr- I would troll ferociously on the mailing list. Right. Um, and yeah, you'd see a lot of that. You'd see a lot of stuff where it was uh, probably ninety percent um, language barrier and ten percent just being a dick and expecting you to do um, something for nothing. Um, But, uh, but these days um, I do get approached on Twitter all the time. People asking me questions about testing and stuff. And um, I know this will come as a shock to the people uh, in the channel here that um, I actually try to be accommodating and I encourage people. Yeah, I know. I know it's crazy, isn't it? I encourage people to, uh, to email me. I give them my email address. So you got questions, just email me. And, uh, um, part of it is that I'm hoping to answer their questions. Uh, another part of me is hoping I can sell them a book if they haven't bought a copy. Right. Um, and just, I mean, I look at it, the, the more people we get testing their code, um, the less shitty code is going to be out there. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Even though sometimes I feel like it's really like pissing in the wind. But, uh, but you know, for every person that I help and, and they tell me that I've been able to make them understand the topic better than I'm like, then I feel like a, a big part of my job is done. Yeah, I can dig that. Do you think that, uh, so how did you like, there must be some sort of screening process. It wasn't like, 
you would just, and it may be informal, but it, it wouldn't just be that you just take any schmuck who, you know, comes along and like asks these questions and like you take them on as a mentor. So how do you, uh, is there like a council that decides? Well, okay. Are you, are you asking how the website works? I don't or know. just or how we did in general. Well, I, I can say. Well, you know what? Is so. Do, what is what you're doing? Is that via the webs the the thing that Elizabeth is doing? It's it's not. It was it was spurred on. Okay, how can I? Let me think if I can. So I can you get stole the, her I can idea. Get the, is what you're no, no, I didn't steal her idea. Right, I'll get okay. the chronology. She said she was going to do this thing, mm-hmm. and inspired by her decision that she was going to try to put kind of a formal structure around trying to find ways to link people up together, I just announced on Twitter. I said, I'm uh, I'm willing to help mentor um, three people. So the first three people who hit me up, um, I said okay. But the thing is, I already kind of knew two of them. Right. And the third was a guy who I kind of recognized had asked me some questions before right. on Twitter. So it wasn't completely, it wasn't completely unknown. Uh, so it's kind of, I kind of knew who they were. So I, I figured it, it wouldn't be as big a barrier. And I mean, it's, it's clearly early. And I, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I don't see that there's going to be a problem, but yes, yeah, so this right. mentor thing, if you get hooked up with somebody um, to, you know, if you agree to be a mentor and somebody says they're looking for help and it turns out to not be a love connection. Well, I mean, these things happen, bro. You know, not, uh, not everyone, uh, not everyone gets, uh, gets along. Right? So I guess I've done similar stuff to that um, where like somebody, you know, you might then add them on IM or something and they could ask you a question in the middle of the day and you could, you might ask them a question, but um how is that different than just being a friend? I was well, sort of making a joke there, but actually, yeah, I guess no, it's sort of a legitimate. No, no. Thing, right? Well, that is a well, that is a good question, right? Because I mean, I mean, I hope that the mentor thing starts off as being like a mentor apprentice type thing, right. and then it'll end up being a friendship as well. Because I mean, uh, uh, you, you know, you'd, you'd hope by working closely with the person over a over a significant period of time mm-hmm. um, that the relationship ends up you end up finding more about each other just through the chit chat that goes on while you're doing all this stuff, right? right? Yeah. So it really is a way. It is it is also a way to to get more friends and just and just in it's a way for not only for me to expand my network of people that I know right. and and spread and help other people out through the mm-hmm. stuff that I know, but it's also a chance for the person at the other end to open up and become, um, uh, become a bigger member of the community. Right. Yeah. So, so basically you put out a call that says, who wants to be my friend? <laughs> that sounds really sad. When you- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I totally, I, I, I dig it. It's, it's kind of a different thing. I, um, so, uh, what can you tell me? So you've done a little bit of this stuff and I guess there's two questions I have. Like, how do you, like, is there, do you have any like formalized like stuff for how this goes? Like, do you say like, don't bother me, you know, during these hours or like you have five support requests per month or something like that. And then well, also, well, and yeah. also, are you annoyed with any of these people yet? Uh, okay, so I'll answer the last question first. No, I'm not annoyed with okay. any of them That's because surprising. all their, all their, all their. All, well, it's too early. I mean, there's lots of it's going to it's going to happen. There's lots of potential to annoy me down the road, but so far it's all it's been all good. Um, in terms of structure, basically what I laid out for them is like I want to talk to them like once a week. Mm-hmm. I've given them my IM handle, so I can say during the day, feel free to hit me up if you have questions about stuff. 
you can always right. email me because I do tend to answer my emails um, during my waking hours. I tend to answer my emails very quick. Yeah. Um, just with the understanding that I do have a day job. And so if they, if they message me and I'm in the middle of something, I will tell them I'm in the middle of something. Can you wait 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, two hours? Um, I'll mm-hmm. talk to you after, after work or whatever. Just, just, to, just to let them know that, yes, I'm aware that they need something from me, but this other thing that I'm doing right now has to take priority. So um, I, think by, I think by establishing early on that the idea is that I'm, I'm there to help, but it's not unlimited help, and it's not like – it's not like I owe you anything because I've agreed to do this. I've agreed to do right. this because because I think it's a, it's an important career building thing, and I think it's a good thing for both people involved. It's good for me because it helps me practice um, teaching topics to other people, mm-hmm. and finding and finding a way to express myself other than just through code or rage, yeah, or rage or grumpiness or the endless right. vitriol I spew out on Twitter. And and for the other people, it's a chance for them to improve their skills in areas where they feel that they need some help. I'm right. I'm pos- I mean I'm positive that nothing uh, that uh, nothing but good stuff is going to come out of my decision to help people out this way. And eventually, at some point, I'll be able to say to these people, you know what? I think you know enough that we can uh, turn this around from being a mentor thing where I'm going to talk to you every week, where we can now just be. Yeah, I'll push you out of the nest and you're going to fly on your own and I will always be there in the background. I'm happy to answer your questions, but I need, I then now need to find someone else that I can help build up the same way that I built them. Right. In, term, in, ter- in terms of their testing stuff. So how do, do you know, what do you, how much do you know about the thing Elizabeth is doing? Uh, it's a website. You sign up basically in one category. I'm either willing to mentor somebody or, <laughs> I'm or I'm looking for help in a particular topic, and then people can go on in, into IRC on Freenode into the uh, PHP mentoring channel, and like I said before, try to make the love connection in there. So IRC, huh? Yes, sir. That's a mistake. Um, so that sounds kind of cool, though. But that sounds like it's going pretty good. Uh, it, I mean, it looks like it's got some good momentum. Of course, the you know, ask me again in six months, and we'll see whether all, yeah, that, right. stuff is, is, all that stuff is still going. Because this is how a lot of projects start off with some awesome forward momentum, and then the first bump or the first major um, calendar roadblock, and it all goes to shit. Yeah, I know what you mean. But you know, it sounds so far. It's nice to see you trying to be good and not um, and trying to help people. I tell people I'm only really grumpy when I'm looking at code. Otherwise, I'm pretty personal. See, there you go. Look at that. Well, that sounds cool. So we're going to look at Elizabeth's thing. Um, Meanwhile, you should talk about how great our sponsors are. Oh, God, of course, because without our sponsors, none of this would be possible. So It it really would be. We did it without sponsors. Right, but it just means that that, uh, every Saturday night, both of you and I can go make it rain in the champagne room. That's exactly what happens. uh, So, yes, let's thank our awesome sponsors. Engine Yard, uh, one of the trailblazers of the platform as a service uh, part of the Internet, uh, and are also our wonderful friends at orchestra.io where Daniel Cousino and I learned during um, uh, Tech 12 that it actually was a lot easier to break orchestra than we thought it would be uh, with a very low-powered site. But anyway, they're working really hard to provide a nice rock-solid PHP platform as a service. So if you are considering using platform as a service for either Ruby or PHP, check out Engine Yard and tell them that uh, Chris and Ed sent you. And they'll take good care of you. Even though the Ruby people can't stand the PHP people, I'm willing to bet. No, they, they are. I I think they uh, 
there's like a force field between them. It's like a, they have to be cordoned off. I don't know. Did you meet any of the? Did you meet any of the uh, non-PHP uh, engineered peeps at when you were at Tech Twelve? No, I don't think so. No, well, I did. And... Oh, maybe, maybe I did. I don't even. I may have not even realized. Yeah. I'm sure they were very nice. I, you know. Oh, they were very nice. That's all. Right. right. Just that they don't like PHP, but There's you know, whatever. It. Yeah. Right. They, they go where they're told to go because they're getting paid, and that's how it is. There's a. I'm looking at the the PHP mentoring site, and I don't like how some of the stuff is outlined. I think it's not done properly. I see this. Like in what way? What do you mean? What is it you don't like about you know, it? Well, it's like. Uh, it looks like they their their CSS is not right. So like, there's a. Like if I go up to mentorship guidelines, which tells you like you're not supposed to hit the apprentices and stuff. Does um, it say that? Oh, oh. I mean I'll, that. I'll have to get that part removed. Yeah, that part bothers me. But no, it's like it's pairing up. It's like one find a partner, and then there's like sub things under there, but it's not indented enough, so it kind of looks like one dot find a partner, and then it starts says one again. Look for yeah. So you know, so you know who you know who built this site. What um you know who built this site? Liz's uh Liz's son. So you can we can blame him. Patrick, I think his name he is. He doesn't even know what he's doing. It's his fault. Right. How old is he? Like fourteen. Well, when I was 14, I certainly couldn't do this. So Then again, when yep. I was 14, CSS didn't exist. And your mom so, wasn't a computer programmer, right? Well, web browsers didn't exist when I was 14. Oh, man, that's depressing, isn't it? Think about that long back. I remember using, um, we had a version of Mosaic on the HP UX machines that we had at uh, school in college, and it couldn't couldn't read JPEGs because that library wasn't compiled into it. Nice. So it, it could only <laughs> show GIFs. It couldn't show JPEGs in, in the pages. So so that was like half your porn potential, rudely snuffed out. All that stuff came from uh, Usenet. You did not get that off the web. This was way too early. Oh, yeah. Concern, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, 19, yeah, 92, I guess, was when I first got on the internet. That sounds about right. Right. Ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, right. All right. So yeah, I know I'll I'll bug I'll bug. I'm sorry, I made a bunch of noises and then I couldn't hear you anymore. What? I'm I'm just saying, dude, it's okay. I'll I'll tell little snot nosed fourteen year old your CSS sucks. Find a mentor. No, this is cool. It's just a, like it's, there's a couple of things that needs a little bit of work there. But uh, let me go to the sign up thing. It took me to some GitHub page. I think they I think they have the brilliant idea that you fork the site when you want to add yourself in and then you do a pull request. Sounds horrible. Hey, these guys are accepting mentors. Let's see here. What do you think? Is there uh anybody who looks cool in here? Well, let's have a look here. Um This dude is he has 11 plus years experience developing PHP sites. He does not need any help. I got, he's probably better at it than I am. Then again, uh, dude wants to learn Vagrant. He's way beyond this, uh, way, way out there. I recognize some of these names. They want to Are learn. You, so you're like, you're looking at, well, you're looking at the list of mentors or you're looking at the list of, of uh, people looking for mentors? I'm looking at the list of people looking for mentors, except yeah. currently accepting mentors. Like That's the, kind of awkwardly worded, I think. 
Yeah. Should be like looking for mentors. Looking for. But I mean, come on. Like um I mean, seriously, uh, Matt Frost, do you really think he knows more than this guy who's been doing this for 11 years? Not a chance. Not a chance. Dude, I worked with him for like two hours today. It's like watching a trained monkey. I'm kidding, Matt. I'm kidding, Matt. I'm kidding. Uh, Although I could notice his hands were shaking, and he kept like saying, I don't know, bro, this is all kind of weird. I'm like, what, a disembodied voice telling you what to do? Like That's like me every single day of my life. Yeah, just hearing voices. I get it. All right. Um, nah. So I don't know. This is cool, right? There's a guy just named Borko. I wonder See, that's if that's. I wish I had a cool name, a cool like Eastern European name. Is I was that... watching a. I was watching a cool presentation today on on uh, behavioral driven development, and the guy like the guy just comes up and he has a nice thick uh, combination of like a British and like some sort of Eastern European accent, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Hello, my name is Giorko. and that was in like no last name, no nothing. I'm like, "That's, that's awesome. Bad. That's badass. I need a name like that where I can just be badass and." Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. That was because I, I don't think because I don't think I can come up and just give a presentation and say hi, I'm Chris. It's like no, that's it's not it's not distinct enough. Though, though I keep threatening that the next time I do that, my building testable application stock, I'm going to wear a rainbow clown wig. I'm thinking I actually will have to make that happen. I uh, I think I think you could get away just saying Chris because I think people will assume that that you have a last name because that's you know pretty common. English. The, the, the programmer formerly known as Chris, and I'll just come up with some weird symbol that I scrawl on my uh, on my slides. Well, that's different. It's it's not very distinctive, so I think if so you say Chris, a lot of people name Chris, right? So, you'd figure he probably has a last name, but this dude, he just wrote his name, and again, there's nothing against it. If this is his whole name, that's cool, but he just wrote his name as Borco. And that's totally fine. I'm not... Uh, that's kind of awesome, actually. I wish you're I... An, you're an anti borcoid aren't you? I am not. There's another dude who's he just. I'm gonna screw up his name. Uh, Yitchchok. Yitchchok. That's his. That's what he wrote there. I'm not making fun of him. I don't know what you're saying. Uh, there's a guy Sigu who I have seen that guy's name, and but he just apparently didn't put his real name in here. Um, I mean, so there's I'm a couple. Trying to, pe- I'm trying to find Yitchak here now. I can't find him. Oh, there's a guy who just put his name in here as Dylan. But you know, it could be that some people just don't like putting in their last name because they're sort of like private about that. Like, there's a few people. It looks like they just listed like their last initial. You know what I mean? Yeah, it could be. Could be. Could be people that are hesitant because they think we're gonna collect their addresses and spam the shit out of them. Yeah, know. right. Wor- worst things have happened. Um. Yeah. All right, enough about mentoring. No, this is this is really a terrible it's topic. Fucking boring. All right, so the next thing I wanted to talk about. So this is a nice ch- tangential thing. So I remember that you, the mighty Funkatron, <laughs> got, inter- got interviewed for this awesome little website called Uses This, the setup. Right. Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So for those who don't know, uh, it's this it's this website that I go visit every once in a while, and it's uh, UsesThis.com. And so mm-hmm. basically, they talk to. Um, people that they think are interesting, um, not just developers, but movie filmmakers, animators, um, writers, all sorts of stuff. And they ask them about what do they use, right? right. What what tools, what hardware do they use? What software do they use? Or basically, what is it that they're using to do whatever their job is? And so I remember seeing you up there, and I remember snickering and looking at your answers and thinking, yeah, that's I can totally tell Ed, uh, Ed wrote this. It was no, that Ed wrote it. It wasn't ghost written. So oh yeah, right. So the latest guy who's on there, 
um, is uh, let me go look at the site because I I, I want to say his last name is his first name is Christopher, but his last name is Whitaker. Oh, that's Chad, Chad, Chad. Well, that's it, Chad Whitaker, right? Or Whitaker. I think it, it looks to me like it should be Whitaker, but you know, mm-hmm. right. what do I know? So he does this thing called Git Tip, where the idea is that you can donate money to people, and the donations are kind of attached to a GitHub account. So it's kind of a way of throwing some money at somebody who's doing a cool project. Uh huh. Um, and uh, and it's an interesting idea. And he himself has actually uh, done the ultimate test, where he's quit his day job and uh he's going to use he's going to use building git tip itself as a way to fund his own activity so he's asking people to use the tool that he's using to give him money so he can support his own personal rock and roll lifestyle as a programmer uh-huh it's kind of interesting but so it's not git tip that i wanted to talk about what i want to talk about is that he has this project he has a python framework that he's written called aspen and the thing about aspen is is the most slyly marketed version of spaghetti code that I've ever seen. <laughs> and because, because really, I looked at him like, what you're doing is no different than old school PHP, where you have business logic and presentation stuff all mashed into one file. Mm-hmm. And he tries to basically say, oh, hey, bro, it's not PHP. And I'm like, it, it totally is. And, um, it got me to thinking because some people have, and I started clicking around and looking at other links. And this is kind of like, it's a non MVC framework, which is kind of interesting. So it got me thinking about really these days, there isn't really any mainstream frameworks that you could call non MVC. They're basically all. And if, and if by, MVC, and I know before the pedantic people, (laughs) okay, okay, I will redefine, I will call it just to make them even matter, modern MVC, which is basically um, separation of concerns, where you have your business logic in one place, your um, request and response logic in another, and Mm -hmm. your presentation logic in a third place. I think that's probably the most fair way to describe uh, modern MVC. So what Aspen does, Aspen is basically it's basically PHP for Python. I mean, I, I don't think I can really describe it as any other way. He has this cool thing called uh, that he calls simplates. But basically, it's like you have a file, you have an HTML file, and you put in uh, the first couple of lines are what libraries you want to include. Then you add in a control L character on a line all by itself. Then you have stuff where you mess around with the request object to pull in the stuff that you want. Then you put in another line break via control L and then you have your template beneath it. So, so much like old school PHP, you're combining your loading of libraries, your business logic, your handling of requests and your output all in one file. Uh And yet he's very slick and says, no, bro, it's not P no, it's not spaghetti. It's like, it totally is. Um, and and the more I looked at it, the more I'm like tempted to just be stubborn and actually try building something with it. Just, just, <laughs> so just to, the, just, I guess just the first it, thing just, I wonder about yeah. is um, is the separation enforced that you do by control also. By the way, I I, I think I can kind of see why you'd use the control L, but I don't I don't think that's a, a good enough. I, oh, and, that and, and if, that separator and also, doesn't. Yeah. 
make me feel good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me just say well, that. I, mean, I don't they, think they're they, putting they, control. Yeah, they also, he also says that, oh, if your editor doesn't support actual insertion of control characters, you can actually put carrot L on the line all by itself. And Aspen, uh, its own built-in web server, is smart enough to figure out that that's where you want well, the separator. Okay. I guess you could also just put it then an arbitrary delimiter of any kind, but control no, is weird. But okay. It wants, that's, that, that, it wants control fun. L, which stands for, for page break, he says. Yeah, I guess, but I, I, I don't like putting, uh, it seems like a bad idea to me to put control characters in the middle of a, of a file. But anyway, regardless, um, is the enforcement force so that like the first section has to be this and the second section has to be this and the third section has to be this like that you have to keep like your templates up here and and your say modely bits need to be in the second piece and the i don't know you know what i mean like, yeah, no, that's exactly is, so there is there is structure so it's just kind of it's kind of weird because you are smashing everything together and you're basically using the file system um for layout and for your urls and stuff and there are there is some stuff in here on how you can actually do some custom urls where you pass parameters and stuff but for the most part it's really like old school um php without using mod rewrite where your file system is the way that you're deciding what your url what your urls are right um and it's a it's a after looking at this and going bro this is totally spaghetti but after looking at it, it's like yeah, i can kind of i'm starting to see the subtleness behind it how you are actually keeping things apart from each other it's just all it's just that the way that this thing works is that it looks like everything's a global variable um basically right because you instance like you have uh, like just on the front page if you're looking at his little uh version of what he's calling a simply right where the first line is he's loading in his libraries, and there's a specific directory you can put things in, so you can do an import, and then you and then you do your then you do your line break, and then you do all your business logic stuff where I'm instantiating my objects and I'm looking to see what's in the request object and doing all this stuff, right. and then uh, I do my other line break, and then boom, there's my template. So it's all it's almost like a structured one-page server-side app where you're deli- where it's almost like you're putting in comment lines saying. All library, you know, all my includes are up here, and then after this this line of comment, then all my then all my business logic is here, and then underneath is my templates. Right. So it's it's interesting, and and it made and it made me think that yeah, there really there really isn't anything that a lot of people use that is not a modern MVC frame. Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm probably one of those pedantic people who would say like, uh, and I guess if we're talking about server side stuff too, that's a little bit different. Yeah. We're talking server side. You're right. Cause with, when you get into client side, like JS stuff, a lot of stuff that people kind of throw out there as MVC, actually, it's really not like. Oh no, I no, no, all, I, no right? I definitely, it's no, I definitely different. agree with you there. And you could argue also on the server side, like if you start building applications where um, you're writing PHP on the server side just to like power an API, then yeah, you look at something like Slim. Slim is definitely not model view controller. Right. Uh, yeah. Even though, I mean, it it kind of looks that way because you can map URLs to functions. So I guess it, it's not really MVC, but. But this thing with Simplate is very, very different. Um, yeah, a little bit. It's things. interesting. I mean, I, I, I certainly, uh, it's probably there's certainly stuff here that's not how I would do it. 
But I think it addresses, uh, it does attempt to address some issues where I think that it's hard to build stuff quickly um, with uh, with a lot of languages, which is which is I think the big appeal of PHP is that it, it, it like it deploys really easily and it's easy to do stuff uh, quickly with it, and you don't have to set up a bunch of shit to do it, right? Um, so that's, uh, you know, it sort of tries to address that a little bit. Um, so I think that's kind of appealing. Uh, I, I would anticipate that the folks who, like he talks about, um, he talks about that he, there's, you know, he, he was heavily into Zope and Plone. Well, no wonder he went in a direction that was like, I want to make stuff really lightweight and not have to mess around with this stuff. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I wouldn't want to write that either. All right. So, but it, you know, it's cool. I, I, uh, I think that a lot of times people end up sort of trashing stuff because they find potential issues with it, but they don't work hard enough to see where to think about situations this could work. And I think for like, much smaller applications, I think it could work pretty well. Um, I think there's a few things where I worry about, like, like it talks about, like, if a, if a file has a doesn't have a control L in it, it's served directly as a static file. Well, what happens the first time you forget to put like a control L in there and in some code file, right? And maybe you, or you just forget and leave it around, and then you're like sending out like Python code that's just plain text and now people can read that. Like I could see little like things like that that would worry me or I'd worry about the or, like the organizational stuff if, if like you get an application that's really growing, I worry about like just I worry that that might get kind of out of control. Um but I could also see where this would be kind of cool for rolling out little things quickly, right? Um which is one of those things that PHP is really good at and Almost no other languages that are used for the web are particularly good at. So, which also segues nicely into the really the final official topic that I wanted to discuss here, which was, oh, it rears its ugly head every once in a while. Basically, whenever uh, people want things added, <coughs> excuse me, to the core of PHP, right. the uh, the uh, shrieking about the Javification of PHP starts up. Right. So um, a guy who I follow on Twitter, Herman Radke, I asked him to provide some. He was talking about this in response to people were talking about how um, there was a little thread on the PHP internals, which, of course, always ends up as a shit show. Yeah, you should not uh, read that. I don't, I don't read it. I just wait for the summaries from yeah, the other people. That's the best idea. Um, and so someone was talking about how they wanted to change, um, change exception handling. I mean, for some reason, they're like they didn't like the way that it, went. and and so then someone says, yeah, you know, and we should perhaps we should support um, some of the stuff that Java does, some primitives and some OOP stuff, and then you know people say, oh, Javification of PHP. So I asked Herman to kind of write something up um, about this, and I think he, he tweeted about it, and I would have to yeah, he did find the link to it. Okay, there it is. So PHP, the good parts that he kind of talked about. So so he talked he talked about this and about how. He felt, I think his, his, his thoughts, if I could summarize them real quick, was that um, people need to start concentrating on the strengths of PHP and stop worrying about the weaknesses. And I don't always necessarily agree with that. Um, but he talks about the things that he liked that he thinks that are the strengths of PHP is that um, 
is about arrays because everything in PHP is all about the arrays. Although things are slowly moving towards um, returning objects instead of arrays all the time. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, uh, our, the favorite whipping boy framework in PHP of Cake is all arrays all the time. Right. Um, but that, but that's just that's just what PHP is good at manipulating. And they talked about being web web ready, which of course is a good thing because it's it's very simple mm-hmm. to get a web page going. Yes. Um, that streams, which I also agree, are a, a best kept secret uh, in PHP. It makes doing certain types of things you can do it in a lot less code than you used to have to be able to, especially file manipulation stuff. Right. And um, and he says type juggling, which I think can also be uh, renamed duck typing and dynamic typing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So so here's the part where I here's the part where I'm going to defend what people call the Javification of PHP. All these things that people are asking for are they're asking for training wheels to be put on PHP. Right. Um, they're asking for things to be added in that will protect developers from themselves. The classic example of this, and I don't know whether you agree with me on this or not, Ed, mm-hmm. is the uh, constant demand for um, typed parameters. How, because right now it's kind yeah. of informal, and people want that to be um ingrained in the language itself so that when you right. declare a parameter that you want it to be a certain type right now it's kind of like a type hint but if you pass in the wrong thing i don't think php really cares people want that to be like an error like a fatal error right that, that you've passed the wrong um that you've passed an object of the wrong type in and in one respect i think that it that approach kind of goes against PHP's whole dynamic typing and people when they're when they're ragging on PHP always say, oh it's dynamically typed and, and all this other stuff I can pass in a string when it's ex- when I should be passing in a number it's like okay that's cool bro right. but PHP in that respect much like how Python doesn't have private um, class methods um, Python is saying when it comes to uh, private and protected and public we're all adults so we can all do it as public. And when it comes to PHP, PHP has said we're all adults when it comes to passing in um, parameters, and we'll let the functions themselves determine whether to throw exceptions or errors if you've passed it the wrong thing. So really, uh, really, what people call the I think what people call the Javification of PHP is really just people wanting there to be um, training wheels and safety nets to reduce to reduce the likelihood of people making mistakes. Yeah, I I think you're right. I now I'll say that I think that the object model in PHP is overwrought and I think it inherited far too much from Java. Um but so <laughs> I I I do think that there's some areas there where I really wish it hadn't gone in that direction, but that's where PHP is now and I don't think you know I I, I don't it's not going to change, right? So uh, if it's a huge problem for you, you use something else, right? But uh, I think that I think some of this stuff is is handy for me. I I would really like personally. I would l- like to be really what I want is to be able to say if if I get passed in something that isn't what I expect, that I I want it to throw an error, like to force it to throw an error or something like that, right? Um, and that's something that I've often wished for when building, like when I was writing code for Gimme Bar, um, to kind of enforce that. And 
it's of course that particular issue is made a lot worse because um, error handling and catching errors consistently in PHP is a giant shit show. Oh yes, oh, I see you, you like know? that phrase. I'm yeah, you, I'm you like, like that phrase. Yeah, I like shit show, and uh, it's it's a real disaster, and it's really really hard to do consistently, and you have to take a, you have to set up like five or six different things to try to catch stuff, and your error, error handle is really complex and stuff like that, and it's just it's. It, that doesn't help the issue at all. Like, so when people get into like, well, I want it to raise an error, not a warning. Well, part of the problem is that you can't, it, you can't ever consistently catch an error and say, uh, I, and, and say modify the behavior where it's like, well, if it's a warning, I want it to shit the bed and, and totally die. Like, and if you want to do that, you should just be able to consistently do that. Right. And set and configure it to do that. But it's, you can't really, because there's like always these different places where, well, if there's, if there's a warning here, it won't get caught because your error handler wasn't in the right place down the execution chain or some, you know, jack like that. So, um, I, you know, there's some of that stuff that I like, but at the same time, it, you know, it, it, this is, it's just, it goes back into the nature of PHP that, you know, some folks that, uh, want it to be this thing, and some folks want it to be that thing, and there's nobody who's there to say, like with Python, uh, or another strongly um, shepherded shepherded uh, language, like probably I'd say Ruby is like that too, um, where there's somebody who can kind of say, well, this is what we're going to do, and this is, we're just going to stick with this, and this is the principle we're going to follow throughout it. And, you know, PHP is intentionally not like that, so I don't know, I... I Maybe this is, uh, I don't know, too much of a cop-out, but I kind of feel like this is just what happens with PHP, and it's just the nature of the community, and it, it's intentionally set up like that to be, uh, I've used the word before, anarchic, and that's just how it is, you know? So, like, you end up fighting these things out, sort of like Thunderdome, to figure out how, you know, where the, the what the direction of the language is. Because there isn't really a decided principle for the language other than it has to do with the web, right? Um, so you end up with, there's there's folks on the side who really want a simple, straightforward thing that's flexible. And then there's folks who want things like, I don't know, they want to be able to, uh, they want not type hinting, which I, I, type hinting doesn't really help. I don't like that idea. Like, I, I figure if I want to do that i can cast stuff but I, I like i would really like to have things where it was type what it, what did we call it again where it throws an error if you pass in the wrong type um i don't off the top of my head i don't even know the what the hell that, do you call that crap type cat no not typecasting but i don't know okay. there's got to be a correct term for it but but right. yeah the you know the I mean. idea that when you define a parameter almost static typing you could almost call it parameter typing I, mean, right. I don't know whatever you want to call it but, but yeah because and, you, you, you know you, I, I agree i mean if you look at just even with php itself you even have two different ways of errors you have exceptions and just regular errors <laughs> right and yep. and in retrospect it's like like you know they should have picked one and yes Stuck right, with totally. They should have when they introduced exceptions. They should have either said, "All right, everything's going to throw an exception um, and deal with it." Uh, you know. Yep. So that's one of the things I like that appeals to me about, say, JavaScript, is that JavaScript has a really small core language that really has changed very little in like you know over ten years. It's changed a little bit, and some things have been added to it, but for the most part, it's worked pretty much the same. And there, 
aren't a lot of different possibilities uh, for like how to do things. And and PHP definitely is a Frankenstein monster, right? And that you oh, know, yeah. um, and, and so and that's just a consequence of, of you know of, of how it's of how that project was, uh, how it's run or not. It's not really run, right? It's just kind yeah. of you know things happen in it, and uh, and that's the way it is. Um, so that's appealing in a lot of ways, but it it probably it's interesting because. It is a language that's really easy to get into and really easy to do stuff with quickly. And there, for web stuff, there is not another language that has ever matched it in that sense. Um, and that's why, uh, you know, Jeff Atwood uh, has a huge buck up, bug up his ass about uh, PHP, but that's why he talked about, well, PHP solved these problems and we should build something kind of like that you know, that we should build something that's better but solves those problems that PHP solves. Um, I expect that he's not the first person to ever think of that, uh, but um, I think that uh, so so PHP is really easy to get into, and I think it gets a lot of people into doing web development on that server side who normally would not have ever uh if PHP didn't exist, they never would have gotten into it, right? And uh, so that's great about it. So it has this really shallow learning curve. But at the same time, it's a language where as you start to do stuff that's more and more sophisticated, you really kind of have to be disciplined and decide, like, I'm just not going to, like, you have to decide I'm just, like, not going to use exceptions or I'm going to use exceptions only, which, you know, or whatever, or I'm going to just use arrays for moving data around and not try to create objects with stuff and not get into that. Because um, I think you really have to be disciplined with it and set your own sort of parameters for stuff, right? Um, yeah. it's you know, you know, it's almost like with, I think with PHP more than other um, web languages, scripting languages mostly that I've played with, mm-hmm. it seems as if you start off kind of doing things loosey-goosey and then you move to using... Um, structures around your applications, frameworks right. usually, yep. and then once you've gotten enough experience with those, you kind of go back to the loosey goosey stuff. But but you actually know what you're doing finally when it comes to because you're you're confident enough and you've acquired enough skill with the language to say like, yeah, I don't need the um, the rigid structure that um, uh, an MVC framework can provide for me because I right. understand I understand the language enough now that the language that the language is no longer the barrier. Um, it's my ability to figure out a solution to a problem that's the barrier. So I, I find I find it interesting because I don't really I don't really see that happening um, with um, uh, Rails people and with um, Python people because it's like they get into it and to do web stuff you really do need to use something because because the fact that Ruby and Python themselves they can't exist on the web without help. So, right. or, or not as easily as PHP can. So right. you in, you inevitably have to have some structure in place in order to to build something web related with. It. I mean, you can use Sinatra if you don't like Rails, right. but Sinatra Sinatra itself does have some structure. So it's not like there's. You're right. There's nothing in place for either Python or Ruby where you can just quickly whip together one page script of of you know, in Python or Ruby to accomplish a specific task. You just can't. There's all this other stuff that you need to put in place. Whereas with PHP, it is literally 
install a web server, install um, whatever web server module supports PHP, install PHP, and you're, go create your page, give it a .php extension, and you're done. Right, and most of the time that stuff is already set up for you, right? When you go yeah, to, most when, of the time, yep. When you get hosting, that's just a default expectation is that that's going to be there because it's so easy to install it's, and it's, so, it's deployed so easily and has gained so much popularity because it solves problems for people, right? And it's really easy to get stuff done with it. So that's why it's there, you know? Um, and uh, there isn't something that, uh, that uh, scales the way that PHP does in the sense that it could go from like a little um, embedded sort of language for macros inside of HTML all the way up to, you know, doing much more sophisticated stuff where it's, you're just using language on its own and you're building large applications with it. And it's not, it's never handling any HTML or whatever. It's not, it's not that kind of thing. So, um, it, because you can do that much stuff with it, you know, there's, it, and it, it can cover that wide range and especially that lower range to kind of get people into it. I think that's why it's around, right? You know, that's why it's so appealing. And there was not, there hasn't been anything else that did as good a job as it did. Uh, that that and uh, you know I know there were things like there was a uh, there are some things to do embedded languages like I think you could do that with a Perl module um, where you could sort of embed it a la PHP and I yeah. you know, I can't think of it and maybe something like that with Python I'm not sure but well, there was Mod Perl and Mod Python on the Apache side yeah, right but, and I, but, but I they, think but they never but they never got big adoption right right and I'm not sure that all of them necessarily allowed you to like embed. Um, the language, you know, intermingled with 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 HTML the same way. Oh, right, I get. Uh, right. Yeah, I understand what you're. Getting. Or intermingled with whatever you wanted to, right? It's just that you know you could spit out other stuff, right? You can have PHP spit out JavaScript if you want to and intermingle stuff that way. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but there just hasn't been anything that does that, right? So that's that's why it's so, it's so widely used and you know the uh, yeah. the 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 only parallel to this and i think it's kind of interesting is that you could kind of argue that on the client side javascript is kind of like that javascript is everywhere so you'd be very hard pressed to find um, a browser that doesn't have decent javascript support so yeah. javascript is kind of getting to be like php was that if you're doing web stuff um and you have java and you need to use javascript javascript is there not because the server can provide it, but because the web browser um, can provide support for it. Yeah, so, so that so in that way, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, having it deployed everywhere is a yes. huge thing, and and you know uh, that was that's one of the things that's so amazing about about PHP and that it grew in such an organic and interesting way was was in that in that sense, and that's really powerful. And I I just guarantee you, there's tons of people. Who do web development? Who never would have done it if if it wasn't for PHP, right? Um, yep. And I so I don't know. You know, people like to talk a lot of shit about it, and I you look. I have as many criticisms of it as anybody else. Uh, I mean, believe you me, but uh, uh, you know, I think it, it's I think it's a bummer when um, this is kind of going off topic, but I think it's a real bummer when people uh, spend a ton of time. Uh, you know, ragging on somebody else or ragging on their technology choices or things like that, as opposed to actually helping people, you know, 
even if it's helping people say, Hey, I know you work with PHP. Maybe you might want to try this. And here's like a how to stuff that you make that transition. Right. Um, I, I, uh, I just wish people would spend more time doing that something productive as opposed to coming up with clever things to say, to make themselves feel better and have their little internet fans say that they're cool guys and stuff like that. I just, you know, I, it, there's it, the, it, it bums me out when I know these guys are smart and re- have done a lot of cool things, and then they spend a lot of time just ragging on folks. You know what? You just you know just kind of being a dick about it, and I I don't think that's cool. You know, uh, maybe a lot of it's just deep seated uh, insecurity. Yeah, I, I I mean I I guess or I you know I don't know man I don't know but uh it's I I just really want you know I really want people to you know do something that's helping folks and. Look, if you got, you know, you got that much time on your hands, why don't you do something that, you know, if you want to, if you want to tell people, oh, this is a better way of doing stuff, you can do it in a way where you say, hey, this is something you might want to try, and here's how you transition to it, as opposing to, as opposed to saying, oh, you guys are fucking idiots for using that. This is a real disaster. And uh, well, you just the only people who are going to be into that are the people who already agree with you. So you're not convincing anybody anyway, right? So whatever, you know, it, it's, I mean, to one end, it's really not worth getting hung up about, but it's important to remember if you're, you know, you should be using your time positively, right? Not just, not just shitting on people and shitting on their choices. Uh, I think that's really, I think it's really boring and weak uh, thinking and it's disappointing when smart people do shit like that. So, yeah, I don't know. So, my rule so, so, so speaking of smart people doing shit, let's talk about you fixing your dryer. Yeah, I fixed my dryer. Uh, so we, uh, I'm not much of a like mechanical dude. Like I, now I've built like my own, like, I, I guess the closest I get to is I, I built my own PCs and there's like, you have to know how to do that. Right. And there's a lot of like little things you learn about that shit and you pick up lots of little, uh, pieces here and there. Um, about like how to do that um, as you build a few of them, right? But uh, never particularly good with like like cars. Like I don't know shit about cars, right? I'm not that interested in cars, and also, <laughs> excuse me, I'll just hiccup. Um, I I I don't really understand how they work, and I you know, and then there's like a bunch of parts, and it gets overwhelming, and I can't keep them all straight, and it just doesn't work. Like there's like um. Some dudes, like, not cars, but, like, can, like, you know, they're, like, into, really into, like, the stuff on iFixit, and they'll, like, fix their iPhones and shit like that, and replace things in them and stuff like that, and all I'll do is I will lose all the parts, and I'll put it together, <laughs> and, like, I'll be, le- I'll have, like, three screws left over, and generally what ha- happens is that I end up breaking stuff when I take it apart. Like, I, when I was a kid, I used to really like taking my toys apart, but I was not so good at putting them back together again. So... Um, but I think I fixed, uh, our dryer, like our dryer, uh, you know, uh, was, uh, my wife was going down to, I carried some clothes down and she was, you know, wash some stuff and then put it in the dryer and then came downstairs like a few hours later and it's like, oh wait, these didn't dry. And now they all smell kind of musty uh, because the dryer didn't run. Like it came on, it sounded like it came on, but the tumbler didn't turn. Right. Right. So... Um, we're kind of like, did you oh, go, and did you go on Tumblr to complain that your Tumblr? I should have, I should have done that, right? Tumblr with an e.com. Um, no, I didn't do that because I don't have a Tumblr. Um, and, uh, so I, I, at first I was like, oh shit, now I got, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm going to have to call somebody and it's going to cost me like a couple hundred bucks to fix this. And then 
you know, I was kind of thinking about it and I was talking to my, I was talking to my friend Vince about this stuff and he was like, yeah, I, I was asking him like, who is he recommend? He's a guy, he lives around me. And he was like, I asked him who he recommended. Like if he ever had to get appliance repair done, he was like, yeah, one time I looked in that and he like had the, his fridge was busted or something. And he was like, the guy quoted me like $200 and I was like, this is stupid. So he just bought the part for like 10 bucks and did it himself. And now Vince is definitely more mechanically oriented than I am, but I, that was sort of like a, um, it sort of struck at my, uh, masculine honor. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I had to, uh, at least think about it. So I started like looking up stuff. I mean, you could, it's, you just look up like the part number, you just have to find the part number or like the model number for your thing and start looking up stuff about like, okay, what happens if this is, you know, this is pretty common. The one thing you'll find is that like the stuff for appliances and other consumer things like that, like our stuff, if you're going into like code and stuff like that, maybe it's just my perception because I sort of know what I'm doing with programming and like with a lot of other computer oriented stuff, but all the stuff related to things like, consumer electronics and appliances and stuff like that is just a complete it is like wild wild west out there dude because it's like it's all it, almost all of it is just just some stuff people are saying and it's just it's it's like 95 percent of it is just completely anecdotal on sites that have like 80 percent linked like text ads everywhere and stuff like that it's really hard to find a place that's like lays it out for you very clearly and and it, this is what you should do, 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 do right it's really really hard to find good information I, my experience i think is it really is much worse than it is like when you're dealing with like programming or computers like you know pcs and stuff like that it's much harder it's sort of like everything is like the apple support forms have you ever been in there yes right and because it is the inmates running the asylum right and it's like the Apple support forums where nobody who actually knows what they're talking about ever posts in there. But <laughs> imagine it like that, except like half of the stuff, like half the links are, are like little ad pop-up links and everything's just a complete shit show. Right. I really like that word. So it is a real disaster, but eventually after you read like 20 or 30 pages, you can sort of start forming an idea of like, well, if you have this problem, it's possibly these things, right? So you go look up, it's like, well, if it doesn't turn, one thing it could be is the belt broke, right? And you have to replace the belt. So if you understand, I don't know, motors, you know, they have belt, a lot of times you have a motor and it turns, it has like a rubber belt attached to it. And then you turn something else with that, right? Yeah, so you I, have am to, va- I am vaguely familiar with right. such contraptions. So you see that that's like common in cars, right? It'll have the engine yep. turns a belt to make other shit happen. Right. That's literally all I know. So I went to, uh, and it also looked like, well, maybe this wouldn't be too hard to take apart. Like at first I looked at it without really doing much research on how to take it apart. And I was just, I just looked at it and I was like, this is really not obvious. Like there's screws on the back, but it looks like there's too many screws and they're in the wrong places. And there's not an obvious place, like on a computer, on a, on a, on a computer case, there's usually an obvious place where you're supposed to take stuff off, or maybe I've just taken enough of them off that I know like what to look for. Well, I didn't know what to look for here. So on the dryer, it's like to actually get into it, you don't unscrew stuff for the most part. You actually, there's like a little, uh, there's some clips that you, 
basically all you do is you just take the you just sort of get your fingers underneath the top of it and just pull it up right that's and what then the, she said yeah exactly right so <laughs> great gonna get in trouble from like women encoding for talking like this all the time or everyone knows everyone knows chicks don't code Keep yeah going. Exactly. that's what he or she said that's what i like um anyway so you just pull it up right and then the clips on you know they just let go right so yeah, I was just able to pull it. I don't know. I have a Maytag washer. Yours could be or dryer. Yours could be different. So don't just rip it apart like I'm telling you to. But anyway, that's what I did. You pulled the top off, and so it's sort of like the top pops off, and then you can see the big drum. And most of it, yes, we are really going to talk about fixing a dryer. So most of it is actually just the big drum, and then in the bottom there's the motor that turns the drum. That's all. That's really all it is. And then there's a heating element to heat it up, right? It's surprising. You would sort of think the dryer is like some sophisticated, and it's really not. It's just a motor that uh, turns yep. it, and, you yep. know, it's pretty simple, right? So, um, and then, so, it's most of it is just this huge drum, right? And eventually, um, I got in there, and I found that it's like, I was kind of just poking around, just kind of feeling my way through, you know, just kind of seeing what's going on in here. Um, and it, so, and then eventually, like after a few minutes, I just found like, oh, wait, hey, here's the belt and it snapped in half. Right. So I was like, oh, well, it's probably the belt. Right. And, but it's kind of weird because you think this huge drum, which is like probably three feet deep and like probably three feet wide. Right. It's a, a three feet in diameter. It's pretty big, it's bigger than three feet. It's more like four feet. I'd probably say pretty big. Right. Um, the belt itself is really, it's long, but it's really tiny to like change, to turn that whole drum. The belt itself is, um, actually the right measure. It's 92 and a quarter inches long. Like if you trace around the whole thing, but it's only a quarter inch wide. It's really, wow, really that's thin. tiny. Right. Wow. You you would not expect that. Right. But that's how big it is. So anyway, it snaps and we at seven or eight years old. And this is a really common thing. And the part was only like 10 bucks online. I was like, well, maybe I should just try this, right? So I'll, okay. Because it's going to cost me, like, it's going to cost at least $100 probably to get a dude out here just to look at it. Minimum, it's gonna charge usually, me. yep. Right. Yep, they usually charge something like that, yep. Right. So I eventually I'm like, okay, so I, I there's an appliance parts place, like, here in town that also, like, sells stuff online, some, and things like that. And that was another thing my friend Vince suggested to me. So I, uh. Went over to this place today, and it's like, you know, I looked up, they have a website, I looked it up, and I found what looks like the right matching part, and I went and bought the part. It was a little more expensive here, but still, it was like I could have it that day, you know, and it was better than waiting. And uh, so I went down, and I pulled the drum out, and uh, looked at how the thing goes together, and looked at, like, two different videos online. So it helps a lot. There's a lot of places will have videos online, and even if they aren't, especially places that sell like parts online, they'll put like YouTube videos up. It's like, here's how you replace it, right? Right? Oh, cool. And uh, the thing that a lot of times you won't find stuff for your exact model, but a lot of stuff sort of works similarly. So with something like this, you can kind of get at least a basic idea of what you're looking for. And if you look at two or three of them, you're going to find some that are sort of more like yours and it helps. So eventually, it took me a little while to figure out like how the belt would go around it because it's got, you've got the motor. And then you also have um, like this little wheel thing that it kind of has to wrap around, so it kind of has to zigzag. Uh, gent, you can go fuck yourself if you don't want to listen to it. 
Anyway, uh, so it, uh, yeah, it kind of has to zigzag around the uh, the wheel. Oh, and he left. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. I don't give a shit. He can go eat my dick. He's getting this for free. Fuck you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What an asshole. Um, anyway, so you got, it zigzags around here, and uh, you got to put this belt on there. And eventually I figured out how to get it jacked up there. And, uh, and then you got this bit, you have to get around the big drum and like, if it's not kind of lined up right, it took me a couple times to get it lined up right. So it wouldn't slide off. And, uh, but then, you know, I got to sort it out and, uh, it seemed to actually turn and so, you know, you got the drum back on there and it, it turned. Okay. It seemed all right. And it took me a few minutes, but, uh, you know, uh, eventually it worked. So, uh, I was a little bit like, well, I don't know. I turned it on it like, okay, it's actually turning it. And, uh, but I wasn't sure if it was actually going to work, right? So we had to, like, test something out, so we put, like, a wet rag in there, washcloth or something. But it actually dried it tonight, so that's cool. Nice. I know, so I, I spent 20 bucks and did, I don't know, half an hour of stuff, and it actually fixed it. So that was Yeah, that's, cool. a, that's that's the thing, too. Like, I, I, I'm mechanically inept the same way, so anytime anything mechanical breaks in the house, I'm like, God damn it, I'm never going to figure out how to fix this. I'm trying to think of... Right. Trying to think if... Uh, I mean, I've actually been banned from my wife uh, to be allowed to attach things to walls anymore. Right. Uh, too many holes in the wrong places on the wall. Put well, curtains up early on when we first moved. Yeah. I'm much better now because, you know, when you put 70 holes in the walls, the 71st one, you've kind of figured out how to finally do it properly. So mm-hmm. I can drill and put in the drywall anchors and all that other crap now. But yeah. Now these days, anything I put up, my wife's like, you're not, you're not, what are you getting the drill out for? I'm like, I got to put this thing up. She's like, oh, 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 full stop and gets all up in my grill about uh, <laughs> do anything like that. Like I saw, I saw a thing to do, a, 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 you can buy like a, a $50 um, standing desk from Ikea that actually attaches to the wall. Yep. And she was like, yeah, no, you're not attaching anything to the wall. I was like, come on, don't be a hater. She's like, no, hater. put that fucking drill away. You're not doing any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm kind of. Disappointed, I'm not allowed to do that. Oh well. So, you know, so if anything breaks around here, I'm like, my usual first feeling is like, yeah, I guess I'm gonna have to call some. Well, yeah, you know, I, I and that's, I mean, if it was anything more complex than that, I would have had to do that. You're right, but but it's cool. I mean, you know, this is, and they, they talk about this in the channel, and uh, um. No, Jack said this. He said it's kind of a good analogy for what it takes to be a programmer, right? Yeah. You you have to be able to teach yourself stuff because well, you're, not, yeah. you're not always going to you, you can't always call in the outsourcer to it, clean up your code for. It's you. not that different. The difference, I think the thing for me, the difference is that um if I'm a programmer, one of the great things about programming is that if I just screw stuff up, I could just delete it all and start over and no one's the wiser, right? And it hasn't really cost me anything other than time. But if I poke like a hole in my house, then I have to deal with this hole in my house for until it gets fixed. Right. Right. So it's sort of that's why it's like it's I guess I like programming better because it's easier to fail. Like you can kind of fail in in sort of a controlled uh, space. Right. Whereas with this kind of thing, I was really nervous about doing it because I was like, well, this what if I screw this up even worse? I don't know, but my you know my friend Vince said, well, it's not like you're going to break it; it's already broken, right? So I kind of got into it slowly, and then when I found the belt was broken, I was like, okay, just the belt being broken is probably something I can fix, right? 
If it was like some electrical short or something, there's no way I could have fixed that, right? I don't know what I'm doing, right? But um, yeah, as Jacques talks about print design, I used to do print work a lot and um, not a lot, but some print design work. It's real different because uh, I remember like outputting films to get stuff printed for like four color processes and you couldn't just send it off to like a file off to the printer. Like most of the big places, you actually had to get films output and then send those films like to the factory. I used to do a lot of CD stuff and uh, it, it like for CD artwork, it was um, it was uh, you actually to get you to send it to the manufacturer to get uh, replicated and all that stuff to, for your, your artwork. You had to send them films, so you actually had to get film output by a printer nearby that had a film output thing, and then you have these big sh- like plastic sheets. And they're not in color. It's like you have four plates. It's like you're really making plates, but they're plastic. And it's like one for each CMYK, right? So cyan, magenta, yellow, and K is black. So you have you have these four like things like that you have to output, and then you send those films off to do that. It's much easier now. Now you can just send a, you know something off. You can just give them a file, and they'll print that shit for you, right? But back then, it was you know if you screwed up. Uh, if you screwed up the output, man, you were fucked. And you had to pay out the nose. It was like, okay, we got to print out new films. And, you know, it might be a couple hundred bucks to get films output, right? And then everything slowed down because, you you know, people are waiting on you and stuff like that. So it's re- that's one of the awesome things about programming and about doing stuff that's all digital is because it's re- you can just delete it and start over, right? And so that's really awesome. Um but you can't do that with like appliances, right? I can't just be like, I'm just going to dick around on my phone. I've broken a, you know, a few different phones doing shit like that, right? Because I didn't know what I was doing, or I broke something off because I'm ham-handed, or I was too rough with something and just snapped off and shit like that. So yeah, I suck at that. But it is kind of similar, like figuring out the, the the concepts are sort of similar about you just have to learn these skills about like okay this generally goes here and this works better and this is how this stuff generally works and stuff like that it's just you don't have as it's you don't have as many opportunities to do it in like a free sort of way where nobody's going to get hurt if you do it you know if you make it a mistake right so that's my story that is an awesome dryer fixing story thanks I'm dude. impressed I'm impressed that you fix it that's cool because there's a nice sense of satisfaction there that you did something outside the uh, uh, pixel shifting world that we're in right? and pixel shifting and bit shoveling and you made your dryer work. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, it was kind of cool. Probably as some people listen to their kind of, you know, I always feel bad, but there's some dudes who, who do stuff and are more comfortable with that kind of thing. And I feel like an idiot around them. Like they're like, well, I'll just get out the solder gun and fix it. Right. Right. But uh, I can't do it. I'm just, I don't, I guess I could do it. It's just I would have to blow up a bunch of stuff eventually to learn how to do you it. You need those 10,000 hour, 10, hours of practice, bro. That's how it works. Right, yeah, exactly. So you've got half an hour of practice. Uh, you have an hour's worth of practice on uh, dryers. You only need 9,999 more hours, and you will be a dryer repair uh, genius. Yeah, I will be really awesome at that. I'll get, totally get up on that. All right, well. All right, bro, anything else note. you wanted to talk about? Yeah, not really. No, I'm all dryered out. Yeah, man. So, oh, listen, so upcoming conferences. So the the next North American conference I can think of that's coming up is uh, Northeast, P- Northeast PHP in Boston, 
Massachusetts, in Cambridge to be perfectly exact, I would guess. Oh, yeah. So um, my uh, employer has uh, offered to send me to um, that conference. Oh, that's cool. So, um, and I've been asked by people to try to convince you to come, Ed. So I don't know. You you free that weekend in August? You want to try to see if you can make it up here so we can do another live DevL? What weekend is it? August. I'm flipping over the handy-dandy calendar. 11th and 12th. I don't know. The short answer is, unless someone pays for all of it, I can't go. And if someone's will willing, see so, about yeah. making that happen. How about that? Uh, I think I inquired a little bit. I think somebody had maybe talked to me sort of back channel about that before, and it didn't look like that was really a, a possibility. But uh, yeah, yeah, we need to, maybe we need to set up an uh, what the hell? Maybe a Kickstarter. I mean, I can't do it in Canada, but we could set a, up a Kickstarter for you to fund the uh, Dev Hell Traveling Roadshow. Yeah, to uh, to Boston PHP. Uh, yeah, my my short answer is probably not. I, I think I'm. I had to cut back on a bunch of travel, and uh, so I'm probably gonna uh, keep keep the DL on traveling for a while here. But um, otherwise, I'd, I'd probably be into it. It's just this is. I think I talked about a little bit on the show a couple ago that uh, this hasn't been this sort of ended up being not a great uh, month for me on a couple things. So uh, I, I ended up canceling a bunch of travel. So I uh, I think I might play it safe, but. Uh, it's just so conveniently I can say, well, if you can't pay for it, I can't go. But uh, I, uh, I don't know. I kind of wish I could go, but I, I, I realistically, I don't think I probably could. No worries, bro. It's just you know, I will hopefully be going. I have the the travel forms have been filled out, so when I come back from um, vacation next week, I should know whether I'm going or. Yeah, that's awesome. It's Boston's a great town, so it should be very. Yes, cool. I've never. Uh, I've been to Boston once, but basically, I went from the airport. And hopped into a cab and went up to Andover, uh, Massachusetts, which isn't too far from the New Hampshire border. So I really didn't get to see much of anything um, in Boston. So at least at least this way I would get to go. The the uh, the aquarium is awesome in Boston. If you get a chance to go, you should definitely go to the aquarium. I will take that under advisement. So I guess it's time to wrap <laughs> things up because it is it is almost eleven thirty Eastern time and. Uh, even though I don't have to be up in the morning, I know that uh, Ed actually works very hard for a living, unlike me, who just floats. That's not true. So this has been the 17th episode of Dev Hell. As always, thank you to our sponsor, our awesome sponsor, Engineard, yes. Trailblazers, and pioneers in the platform as a service industry, along with the uh, awesome folks at Orchestra.io. Um, if you are looking to run your Ruby applications in a awesome sandbox that is uh, scalable on demand, or if you have a PHP application that you wish to put up on a, a platform as a service that is also scalable on, on demand, please check out our friends at NGRD and Orchestra.io. As always, you can find us on uh, online at devhell.info. You can find us on Twitter at dev underscore hell. I always fuck that part up. I remember this time. Hey, good um, job. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Please, if you're on iTunes, please, please, please rate us. It is very important to us personally that you do this. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. You can find me, Grumpy Programmer, without the U. You can find that as Funkatron with a U. Uh, everybody, stay safe. Have a good time. I'll be on vacation. I will let everybody know uh, my awesome uh, Thousand Islands cruise.